Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Is, it a, is TJ Watt missing games a storyline? Like, is he just, does he play the game so hard that he doesn't stay healthy? So I look it up. The dude hasn't played less than 15 games since he's been in the league in 2017. So if he does miss multiple weeks, Kurt, this would be the first season he misses more than one or two games. Given how he plays, like a freaking tractor. More on that topic coming up later. But first of all, welcome to the show. It's great to be back with my friend Kurt Popejoy, managing editor of USA Today's Steelers Wire. Kurt, it's been too long. How the hell are you, my man? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm, I'm still a little tired from Sunday, but I'm doing well. Yeah, I mean, the, the Steelers gave you uh, plenty to report on Sunday, didn't they? I mean, you had to be oh, working man. until the wee hours. That was an early game. It was. It was a noon kick, but it didn't matter. I mean, there was so much going on, so much speculation about the injuries and so much about overtime. And, you know, there's just, just everything that could happen for a week one game did. I, I, I really don't, I really don't, you know, like I said, week that week one game was supposed to be a blowout loss. You know, Cincinnati was supposed to bring the Steelers in, slap them around a little bit. We go to 0-1, lick our wounds, go back to Pittsburgh and start the season this week. But no, that, that wasn't how it went at all. No, it was wild. I thought we were heading for another tie. Pittsburgh always ties every year. So I'd be like, okay, yeah, yeah, Mitch Trubisky's first start would be a tie. That, that's how it would do. That's how it would go, but... They won it. They figured it out. We're going to get to our takes on the game. It was wild. Might be the wildest game of the entire year in week one. But let's start with the elephant in the room, uh, Kurt. I think you just alluded to it. TJ Watt. Uh, Feared torn pec. You could see him actually in the broadcast mouthing that as he came to the sideline. I think I tore my pec. Um, As of this recording on Tuesday night, what are you hearing and fearing, Kurt, about TJ Watt and his availability going forward? The latest as of tonight is, is he does have a partially torn pec. Um, but it isn't going to require surgery. Um, Adam Schefter reported that just at, you know just a few hours before we started this. Um, at this point, it's going to be just a matter of how quickly they can get him to a point where he can manage pain. Um, historically, you're looking at maybe four to six weeks before he'd be able to get back on the field, which is a huge step up from if it would have been a full tear and surgery and the entire season. You know, there was a, a story going around Sunday night about how his brother, J.J., tore a peck and recovered twice as fast as anybody in NFL history. So maybe those Watt genes, you know, are somehow coming into play here. Um, but, yeah, the, the, it sounds much more optimistic. Mike Tomlin, uh, when he spoke to the media today, he said uh, for sure he won't play this week, but he wasn't willing to speculate beyond uh, this week's game. If it's not a full tear, if he doesn't have to have surgery, they can put him on, you know, short-term IR maybe, uh, getting back in four weeks, getting back practicing for a week or two, and then getting back on the field. Um, at that point, you run into the situation where you're creeping up on the bye week. <clears throat> do you want to put him back out, you know, one game before the bye week, or do you just go ahead and sit him and then let him come back in week nine? I don't know. Those will be, you know, decisions that the coaches have to make, but getting him back on the field this season is, is going to be huge. I, I was really concerned when it first happened that 
he was done for the year and th- that was just going to be the first of, of many dominoes that were going to fall for the defense um, if he couldn't come back at all. I mean, it would feel like losing to Appalachian State in the first game of the season. Yeah, you know, that's how it would feel. It'd be like, how the hell are we going to win now? I mean, so Watt did tweet on Tuesday a GIF, a GIF, a GIF? I don't know, Kurt. I'm not cool enough to know. I don't know how you say it. I'm too old to know <laughs> so how you say that stuff. He, he tweeted a, a GIF of Arnold Schwarzenegger's Terminator character saying, I'll be back. Uh, yeah. And it sounds like the timeline, as you were saying, reportedly late October right now. So it's got to be mm-hmm. music to the ears of Steelers fans because he was literally yeah. Superman in that game. He was unbelievable. I mean, well, I, so disruptive with Cam Hayward. It was unbelievable. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is that, you know, Steelers fans who, who followed this team for a while understand that the impact that TJ Watt has on the defense really in, in the modern era, there's really only been one other guy that ever did what he did. And that was Troy Polamalu. You know, Troy was the only other guy that you you knew the the offense had to account for on every single play, and drew so much attention that it it helped other players make plays. Um, you know, Alex Highsmith had three sacks last week. Um, you know, Cam Hayward had a huge game. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick had a huge game. You you have to wonder if he's out for five five weeks. You know, Mike Tomlin alluded to this today in his press conference. It's it's not so much about the guy who's going to step in for him, which will be Malik Reed. It's it's making sure all those other players, because no one's going to ask Malik Reed to be TJ Watt. I mean, he's a nice football player, but no one's asking him to come in and, and have the kind of impact that that Watt has on a game. But you can bet that Tomlin's going to expect a little more out of Hayward. He's going to expect more out of Highsmith. He's going to expect more out of Fitzpatrick. You know, those guys are going to going to be expected to take on a heavier role on the defense just because of Watt's absence. And what we've seen historically, and I've, I've brought this up to people before, um, you don't want to see the rest of the defense sort of drop their heads because their best player is gone. You know, we used to see that when Troy Polamalu would miss time. I always felt like, especially the rest of the secondary, just kind of dropped their heads and thought, well, without Troy back here, we just can't do it. And, and I, I feel like Mike Tomlin has, has got these guys on board with the idea that just because your best defensive player is gone doesn't mean this still can't be the best defense in the NFL. Because, I mean, last week, at least for one half, they were the best defense in the NFL. I, I, they kind of went to sleep in the second half, but that's, that's not unusual for a Steelers defense to come out and play huge at the start and then kind of drift off in the second half. I think Burroughs' quarterback rating was five or six times higher in the second half than it was the first half, but that's that's not unusual for this defense. Well, it would help if the offense was helping a little bit, Kurt, right? Like with all Just the opportunities, little. it would help. And, and I want to get to Mitch Trubisky and the, and the offense, but, uh, you know, I was thinking, I'm like, is, it a, is TJ Watt missing games a storyline? Like, is he just, does he play the game so hard that he doesn't stay healthy? So I look it up. The dude hasn't played less than 15 games since he's been in the league in 2017. So if he does miss multiple weeks, Kurt, this would be the first season he misses more than one or two games. Given how he plays, like a freaking tractor, Um, and, you know, the interceptions at the line of scrimmage and and just making Joe Burrow look like a rookie again. I mean, it was unbelievable. I mean, I found that amazing. So maybe he does have the blood, the Watt blood, right? Maybe J.J. (laughs) Watt's blood will carry over to this, the the family (laughs) bloodline, because... The dude doesn't miss games. I would expect for him to come back sooner. I, I think that's just in the blood. I do. I think they'll they'll put him in a triangle. They'll wrap it, and he'll 
I, I expect him to be back on the field probably in four weeks. I mean, if I were just making a prediction, I could I could see him back on the field four weeks from now. It's unbelievable. Especially if the team is playing well. Especially if the team is holding serve, if they're able to stay competitive. I can I can definitely see him getting getting back on the field, even if it's in a limited role. You know, I'd rather have him for for forty snaps than not at all. You know, and and luckily with Reed on the team, they don't necessarily have to have him out there. I mean, the the disparity just in the number of plays that the defense had to run last week was insane. I mean, Cincinnati ran a hundred offensive plays last week. And Pittsburgh ran 63 offensive yeah. plays. Yeah. And so that defense was just out there constantly fighting against that offense, that Bengals offense. I mean, it was crazy. And so depth is, is going to be an issue. I mean, that's going to be interesting to see how they, you know, are they going to try to get him back on the field sooner because they know they need him on the field. That's going to be so fascinating. We need TJ Watt to have a season. I think we know that. So, all right. I wonder if, if, if anybody had Steelers in their fantasy lineup this week. Uh, Deontay Johnson, he was okay. Probably hoping for more. Maybe if he had the Steelers defense queued up against the Bengals on the road. I mean, that would have been a hell of a pick. Um, they probably yeah, got you some that points. Would have been the, that would have been really the only one you wanted. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously. honestly. Yeah. Unless you got bonus points for having um, wide receivers with rushing yards. There you go, uh, Claypool. Since the right. leading, leading <laughs> rusher was a wide receiver. The leading receiver was a tight end. And yeah, yeah. Hey, hey Fryermuth was a, was a good sign. Oh, definitely, he did definitely. have did have a pretty good game. Absolutely. So, uh, but we have experts that will tell you who to start and sit this week in your fantasy lineup. It's our friend from thehuddle.com. We'll be right back. This is the typical sports book fantasy minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. I'm Corbinini of TheHuddle.com, here to bring you strong plays for week number two. Indianapolis Colts quarterback Matt Ryan at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Starting an Indianapolis quarterback on the road at Jacksonville isn't as comfortable as it may seem. The Colts haven't won there since 2014, and something always seems to go wrong. Ryan was a viable streamer in week one, throwing for 352 yards and a touchdown on 50 pass attempts. The stat line could have looked much better if two passes weren't dropped in the end zone. While there is some risk associated in starting Ryan, Jacksonville did give up 313 yards and four touchdowns to Carson Wentz last week. Tony Pollard, running back, Dallas Cowboys versus the Cincinnati Bengals. This matchup profiles better for Pollard than it does Ezekiel Elliott if the Bengals can force Dallas into a pass-happy script with Cooper Rush under center. Dallas's offensive line is a mess right now, too, which bodes well for getting Pollard out into space. He is a fairly risky play in most settings, since it's more likely than not, Cincinnati will play tight around the line of scrimmage. Expect plenty of checkdown work coming from Cooper Rush's right hand. Wide receiver Julio Jones, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at New Orleans Saints. Likely to be without Chris Godwin, Tampa might have to put the ball in the air more than usual against the Saints defense that is tough to run against. Wide receiver Mike Evans has not enjoyed tremendous success through the years, especially against Marshawn Lattimore when he faces the Saints. That could redirect Tom Brady's attention to his peripheral outlets, such as Julio Jones. Jones looked every bit the part of his former self in week one after two years of injuries derailed his career and had many people wondering if there was anything left in the tank. While we don't expect a huge day from him, there's upside for around 15 PPR points. Los Angeles Chargers tight end Gerald Everett at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chargers will be without Keenan Allen on Thursday night and Everett came through as a nice streaming play in week one, finishing as tight end number four in PPR format. Expect a high-scoring game from two talented offenses, and Justin Herbert will put 
put the ball in the air and he seems to have plenty of confidence in Everett. For more award-winning fantasy tips, news, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, Kurt, Mitchell Trubisky, you eventually got it done, right, on the final drive of overtime. So you have to give him his flowers for that. Good job, Mitch. Uh, but yeah. the offense, what's the right word? Careful? Is that the, the offense was very careful in this one, Kurt, right? Like, I thought especially on the yeah. Steelers' final drive of regulation when they basically just kind of gave up at that end of the field and said, nope, we're going to win this with defense. We're running it. <laughs> like, we're not, we're not yep. doing yeah. anything here. So, yeah. Even the best defense in the league, as you were just touching on in the last segment, they they can get torched on one drive by uh, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. It doesn't matter how good you yeah. are. Um, so Tomlin putting the keys in the defense in today's NFL is is an interesting strategy. And if Trubisky is really his guy for this year, as Tomlin is telling us, and he's the team captain, he's starting over Kenny Pickett. Um, are you going to trust him or are you just going to play it safe? Is this just easing into the season? Are we going to unleash Mitchell Trubisky? Are they scared of him? What's your take on that? I, I think they're just trying to work within the constraints of that offensive line at this yeah, point. point. I mean, they know they, they know they can't run the ball. Um, you know, and, and we don't know if Najee Harris is going to play this week. So if they were hoping to get that game out of the way and then maybe open things up this week, hard to say they're going to be able to do that if he doesn't play. Um, but I think Trubisky just, just made some bad decisions. He made some bad reads. Um, he, he left wide open receivers waving their arms in the air. Um, George Pickens was open several times and he never looked his way. I mean, those are the kinds of things that he needs to see on film. And I know it's probably pretty scary back there where, you know, your offensive line isn't going to give you much help, but it really felt like we were looking at the Steelers offense from last year when, when Ben Roethlisberger was having to get rid of the ball faster than any quarterback in NFL history, because there was just no confidence in that front. But that's not Ben Roethlisberger. You know, Mitch Trubisky can move around. And I didn't, I didn't feel like personally he took advantage of that fact very well. I, I, I didn't feel like he, he looked, he looked very tentative. If I, you know, if I were to describe Trubisky's game, very tentative. His throws were tentative. You know, when he missed, he missed big. Um, and, and every time you watch Joe Burrow, uh, break, contain, and rush for a long gain, you wondered, you know, where's Trubisky doing that? You know, that's one of the reasons they brought him in. And and he just, he didn't look, I, I don't know if he just didn't have confidence in himself, if he didn't have confidence in his offensive line. He has to have confidence in those skill players. He has an army of skill players out there. Uh, if, if he doesn't feel confident just throwing the ball up and letting those guys make plays, it's going to be a long season. And so, you know, I said after the game, it's probably good he got this game out of his system on the road because if he if he performs like that this week, the fans are going to be screaming for Kenny Pickett. I mean, they are going to be screaming for him. F- five yards in a tenth just didn't get to do it. Yep. You know, they, yep. they are going to be, you know, he's, he's overthrowing Chase Claypool by three or four yards. The fans are going to boo him on the opening drive if he does that. 
because there's a guy waiting in the wings who probably, I mean, based on the, the polls that I've run on Steelers Wire, the majority of the fans want Kenny Pickett to be the starting quarterback. And so, I mean, I had eight or 10,000 votes on my last poll who should start week one after they, they uh, right the day before they announced Trubisky as a starter. And it was overwhelmingly fans want Pickett on the field. And so I, I don't think the coaches care what the fans think. I don't think Tomlin cares at all. But if he doesn't play better, the fans are going to let him know. And I, I just, I'm afraid that with all the injuries and how bad the offensive line's played, I'm just not sure he's going to have that opportunity right now. Now I, I hear exactly what you're saying with the with the scrambling because when Burrow would scramble, Kurt, he would be in the pocket and he would just understand what's happening in front of him and go straight. Yeah. Uh, when Trubisky would leave the pocket, he would run backwards and spin and do. I would call yeah. it scary. That's the word I would use. It was scary when he rolled out, man, because you're like, oh, no, here comes Trubisky. We know we've seen this before. He's going to chuck it up. So he's going to throw it to. Yeah, yeah exactly. Throw it to? Exactly. So, I, yeah, it's crazy to think he didn't turn the ball over. I mean, he had several throws that he he put him so high that if Cincinnati would have had a safety deep, they probably would have would have been able to pick him off. He threw he made his throws are so bad they couldn't even be intercepted. You know, that's the that, that's one positive, I guess you can take from his performance. Burrow wishes he could say that. You know, oh <laughs> no, man, well, most I'll of Burroughs are Burroughs were right at the line of scrimmage. It was like you don't didn't yeah. even pick them off. It was just Two like them. tipping them right there in front of his face. Unbelievable. Yeah. So the fans are overwhelmingly on Kenny Pickett's side. I like that little storyline, Kurt. We're gonna have to follow that as we go, um, especially at home. That's this is gonna be fun. Uh, what's your take? W- w- which one were you hoping? You know, maybe as a re- you know, you could tell me as a reporter or a fan, however you want to answer it. But were you hoping for Pickett? I mean, I mean, how many seasons can you get the quarterback you want? in the first round when you're picking in the twenties. I mean, does that even happen? That never happens. I mean, right. it fell in their lap and they're deciding right. to wait a year, which maybe, you know, I'm sure there's fans on both sides of it, but it does sound like the fans are overwhelmingly against it. What do you think? Well, I felt like that starting picket would be a safer bet if things went wrong. And, and to kind of explain that quickly, you start Trubisky, let's say next week, he stinks again. Steelers can't pull out the win and they lose. And Mike Tomlin decides, you know what? We got to give Pickett a shot. You put Pickett in there and, and it's sort of 2019 all over again. Mason Rudolph comes off. Duck Hodges comes in. Fans are excited for Duck. And then he stinks after one game. Well, then you go back to Mason Rudolph at that point. It's, it's hard. It's, it's harder it would be easier to go back to Pickett than it would be to go back to Trubisky, if that makes sense. If you bench Trubisky for Pickett and then Pickett stinks, then you've got to ask your veteran that you signed, hey, we made a mistake. Will you go back out here and play better? And I just, I don't like that strategy. I think had you started Pickett and then had to sit him down for Trubisky, it's a cleaner move if you have to make that move. And Pickett's not going to care. You know, if you got to bring him back in late in the season, that's okay. But I think that – I think if you if you bench Trubisky now, I don't think – I'm just – I question whether or not you can put him back on the field after you put that rookie out there. I just I, – I don't like that. I don't like it for team chemistry's sake. But, again, I don't think the coaches are in any rush to make any sort of change. I think they recognize the offensive line's not very good. They recognize that Najee Harris isn't 100%. And I think they're just going to ride this out as long as they can. They got a good kicker. They got a good defense. And let's just see what happens. Um, they've got some winnable games on their schedule the next three or four. Um, 
and then then let's let's see where we are. Um, but yeah, I, I probably would have started Pickett just because I think the transition back and forth, if, if there had been some struggles, would have been a little simpler. As a fan, I like the idea of the veteran giving you the better shot. I'm just not sure that he does at this point. I mean, he's not the same guy he was in preseason. At least last week he wasn't. He, he looked like a much more confident quarterback in preseason than he did last week. Now, I know the stakes are higher, but this is where he needs to be better, and, and he wasn't. And that's that's the bottom line. Excellent insight and commentary, as always, from Kurt Popejoy. Love to hear it. And I got some commentary for the next segment because the Steelers are playing the Patriots, and that's my team. And I'm going to tell you guys, all the listeners that have hung on this long, Kurt, how much the Patriots suck. All right, Kurt, we have line movement on Tipico, right? This Tipico Sportsbook. The Steelers were, when I looked this morning, we're talking on a Tuesday here before the game, two and a half point favorites for the Steelers. Uh, the line now on Tipico has moved to one and a half. So what is going on with this line, Kurt? Why is it moving? Is it TJ Watt? Is it his injury? Is it Tomlin confirming that TJ Watt is out? Because I'm confused because I just watched the Steelers harass the team that was in the Super Bowl last year. Uh, now I know they'll be without Watt, but still, they, they looked good. Uh, and the Patriots have been horrible on offense ever since the start of training camp. Like, They've been instituting a new offense with uh, Matt Patricia, who's a defensive coordinator in the offensive play caller this year. Don't ask me to explain it. Nobody can. Um, Matt Patricia is calling the plays with Josh McDaniels now in Vegas, and it hasn't worked. It hasn't worked in practice. It didn't work in week one against Miami. It was a dumpster fire in the preseason. The Patriots went against backups with their starters, Kurt, and got steamrolled in every game in the preseason. And it was not surprising at all that they couldn't hang with the Dolphins. on offense. They just couldn't do anything. So, and... Never mind the fact that the Patriots offensive line is just as screwed up as the Steelers. And Mac Jones is banged up from getting crushed against that Miami pass rush. And yeah. he could not even attend the postgame presser. They're calling it back spasms. But I think he's just in pain from getting his ass handed to him because the offensive line. Hey, what, block. That, that high low hit he took. Oh. I don't know if that was the one that did it. That was Boy, it. That was that was nasty looking. So that was nasty looking. Oh, yeah, it was. He, I mean, Look out. I mean, the guy's not going to last the season. I mean, he tried to put on some weight in the offseason, but I don't know if he's going to ha- hold up behind this line. They just don't have it figured out. And yeah. I look at the Steelers. I just trust that outfit more than I trust the Patriots. I don't think they have it together right now with the new coaches and the new play caller and, and everything that's going on in Foxborough right now. They're coming to Pittsburgh, and I can get the Steelers at minus one and a half right now. I mean, I wonder if the line's going to move even more. Like, I- I'm wondering here. Um, but I doubt it because Najee Harris it looks like he's going to play. But what do that, you think about that, the line? That would that'd be the only thing that would change yeah. it. I yeah. think if, if they come out and say Najee Harris for sure isn't playing, I can see that moving a little bit. Um, but Harris has said he, he plans to play. Coach Tomlin said that that's, um, that's all well and good, but if you don't practice, you're not playing. I mean, that's always been, that's always been Tomlin's rule. But, yeah, yeah I, I, I think that, and probably rightfully so, you take the best defensive player off, off the defense. Um, there has to be some question about what impact that's going to have. You know, and like I said, Alex Highsmith had an amazing game. I mean, he just, he just attacked that, that Bengals left tackle all game long. Uh, he's probably going to see a little more attention this week. You know, he's going to, he, they're going to put that tight end on his side now um, and chip a little bit and do it that way. So, but you've got, you got the, the matchup from last week kind of recreating itself. If the Patriots decide to play the rookie left guard, that, Cole, um, strange. Cole strange, Cole strange, you yeah. know, Cam Hayward took advantage of a rookie left guard last week. Uh, and so not a good situation. You know, we'll, 
Yeah, we'll for see Patriots how that goes. Fans, if they decide to play him. I guess they played him part of the game, from what I understood. So we'll see if, how much they have him on the field. But I think that's a, you know, a situation where I think you have to look at the defense as a whole. I mean, we did. They they rotated. It was the best defensive line rotation I've seen from the Steelers in probably two years since Stephon Tua was healthy. Um, they rotated six defensive linemen in and out. A lot of fresh guys. Um, and that, that makes it tough for any offensive line. When you can, when you can rotate guys who started last year in as backups, I mean, that really helps. And so I don't know. I, I get why the, I honestly, when I put, looked it up this morning, by the time I got to it, it was already one and a half. Um, I was pretty shocked. And then when I found out it opened it at two and a half, I was still a little bit surprised. I, you know, I expect him to at least give, give the Steelers three points for being at home. Same. Yep. Same. Um, but are they, you know, are they looking at it in the fact that, you know, last week against Miami, I mean, basically uh, the the Dolphins just threw the football all over on the Patriots defense. Well, they probably better probably assume that the Steelers aren't going to throw it all over the field on anybody. And so the, you know, the Patriots defense did a good job slowing the Dolphins run game down. Um, at the same time, New England couldn't run the football at all. So I don't I don't know I don't know how that's going to work I it's, it's both teams it's almost like the, some of the units that don't that match are matching up are are units that aren't very strong for either team so it's it's really going to depend on who's ready to kind of step up from last week and and kind of take that next step but I I I have to think Pittsburgh has an edge here yeah I like the one and a half so I'll probably be jumping on that and. And that's just how I am. I'm um, picking the Steelers over the Patriots on the spread. I picked the Dolphins in my uh, survivor pool. My family was like, who are you picking in survivor? Because they think because, you know, I work for, I do this, Kurt, that, uh, you know, I'm on a podcast with some experts. They, they figure I, I know what I'm talking about. They ask me, who, who are you picking in survivor? I'm like, oh, I got, I'm going to go with Baltimore. And I'm going to go with Miami. And they just lost it. Oh, you're not picking against the Pats. I'm like, oh, yeah, I am. <laughs> I've been paying attention. Uh, so I like the Steelers. I, I agree. I think it should be more of a three-point spread. But maybe... The people that are a lot smarter than me with, when it comes to sports betting are hammering this line and moving it in the Patriots' favor, Kurt, because uh, they just think it's going to be a dumpster fire with Mitchell Trubisky and TJ Watt out, and they just think, oh, here it comes, yeah. overtime, doinks off the goalpost, like, ready, get ready for it. Yeah, get ready yeah. for it. It could be a tie. It could be a freaking tie. Yeah. Maybe that's why the line's moving. Zero, zero. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, man, I can't wait. It's going to be a great game. Steelers, Pats. We'll catch you next week after that one. Kurt, it was great to hear your voice and be back on the mic with you, man. I'm looking forward to this season. Uh, yeah, it was great to be back. I'm looking forward to it. All right, for Kurt Popejoy, I'm Brian O'Leary. Thanks for joining us. Hit subscribe. We'll catch you next week. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. 
from the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.